Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello! Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Exquisical. My name is Kyron Whitley. This is the podcast that has all of the questions... And usually not very many of the answers, unfortunately. Um, and we're about to dive into another quiz today from the Saturday paper with our contestant, uh, who's currently uh, locked away in studios uh, recording a solo album, but you may know her from All Alexes Live in Texas. It's Georgia Mooney. Hello. Hi, Kyron. Hello, Georgia. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. How is writing music going under the circumstances? Um, well, it's pretty... Oh, that good? That good? (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, luckily I had quite a few songs written prior to March. Otherwise, it's been a real dead zone in the old creativity uh, bucket. How do you even record an album um, in these circumstances? Not allowed to have people together, not allowed to travel the world. I imagine you probably would have gone overseas to record it. Yes. Well, the plan was to record in a beautiful studio in San Francisco mm-hmm. in May. Um, that that went tits up. And <laughs> so now we're, we're trying to do it long distance. And we were like, well, why don't we do really long distance and get people all over the world to do bits from their sort of home studios or various studios I put them up in and see if we can puzzle it together like a jigsaw do you do many quizzes georgia like in like on the weekends or um like from the from the saturday paper or Um, trivial pursuit maybe a pub quiz now and then asking questions of your friends do you quiz (laughs) not a lot to be honest sometimes nothing makes you feel more like a dummy than a quiz (laughs) and so i sometimes i avoid them entirely yeah had some really depressing nights at trivia nights Mm. But um, so I'll be relying quite heavily on my brain's trust. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say, don't fear, because we have had some truly depressing results on this podcast <laughs> in the past. So the low it's, bar. It's very, it's, I mean, low bar is, yeah, that's light on for describing <laughs> how poorly some of Absolutely these no quizzes all. have gone. Absolutely. 
We've had to be very generous to get across the finish line from time to time. But hopefully your brain's trust will possess the sort of intellectual rigour mm-hmm. um, that will get you through this this quiz today. You know, that, 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 that intellect, that university tertiary level intellect. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We'll start with our first Brains Trust member who is a cutlery psychic by the name of Meredith Music Festival. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Kyron. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. If I could just ask one favour just at the start. Please, yeah. I'm getting a lot of loud feedback from some of your forks. Would you be able to just close the drawer a little? Because I, I didn't even realise it was open. It sounds nice and quiet to you, but it's quite... It's quite loud for me. Yeah, sorry, I don't even notice if I leave the cutlery drawer open. So is this is this an impact of being a cutlery psychic? Mm, I mean, I'm getting, I'm get, I'm learning a lot about you, Kyron, from your cutlery as we speak. And one of them, a knife, is yeah. saying he never fucking shuts the cutlery drawer. Yeah, that's true. It just that's not from me. Mm. That's from your knife. That's interesting. I'll just open the th- I'll just open the third drawer down. Actually, if you just give me a second. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Kyron. Oh, Kyron. It's a terrible accident that's happened between a cookie cutter and a cake slide. Yeah. The scratches are... This is very... This is not what I signed up for. There's a lot of distress. I know. I'm so sorry. I'll shut that. I'll shut that for you there. Um, Sorry, that wasn't for a firm shut. I don't... I don't have those gliders on my drawers. You know, those beautiful finishes that you see in the homes Mm. that they give away on telethon? Yeah, I don't have that. I just it yes, just I'm, shuts. I'm well aware. When it I'm shuts, well it shuts. You know. Do you find that the the second drawer down is often a bit of a battlefield with so many mixed, mm. so many types. mixed things, and and nothing sadder than a single chopstick. Yeah. Nothing sadder, just mm. one chopstick, and yeah. I, you know, bamboo is harder to read. It's not metal, <laughs> okay. but you do sometimes hear just desolate howl and sometimes that howl is answered from a pot plot on the terrace that has been held up with the other chopstick it's wow. it's like romeo and juliet but they're supposed to go in your mouth wow so it does, oh. it does sound like it does sound like if only any um cutlery questions come up they'll be covered but do you have any other mm. Um, areas of expertise, Meredith Music Festival, that um, that you might be able to bring to the quiz today to assist Georgia? Well, to be honest, a lot of my time is taken up by cutlery because mm, it is my passion as I'm well sure, as my yeah. job. But also I am a stylist oh. um, and actually I meld my two passions together because I'm led by the cutlery. Mm. So often, you know, there's a, there's a, a trend for big open spaces, open plan, open concept spaces. But when I listen to what the cutlery wants, often I will remodel someone's home. So instead of a vast living space, Mm. Uh, I reconfigure it into just a series of giant drawers, just <laughs> layers of velvet and giant drawers. And all of yeah. the people who live in the house can mm. there, therefore lie on their backs and slide into their drawers and really experience what it is to be cutlery. Yeah, you do notice that on um, like on Grand Designs, not, you know, Kevin MacLeod, it's not very cutlery forward. Is it? No, I've written many letters, but yeah. uh, actually it's interesting. I ate at a restaurant once and the spoon that I was using had been used by Kevin MacLeod oh. and she didn't have a lot of positive feedback. No, <laughs> um, but I'm sure the the spoon delivered it 
in a way that made it sound like it was positive feedback. Yes, yes, she'd spent a lot of time with Kevin. She was actually yeah. quite insulting, but I didn't realise until afterwards <laughs> when I played the conversation back to myself. Yes, okay. Well, Meredith Music Festival, thank you for being here. That's exciting, Georgia, to have, um, you know, such comprehensive knowledge of cutlery on your team. Yeah, there's, there's th- that'll certainly come in handy, I'm sure, just, uh, just to have someone in touch with that spiritual realm. Mm. Yeah. And also, Georgia, I'd just like to say that I've got an album coming out too. Okay. It's, a, it's a photo album and it's just <sighs> photos of, of crockery and cutlery, of branch down and crockery, you spread out to photographs with crockery and cutlery. So yep. obviously, it's wow. not safe for children. How do you feel? Have you had any feedback from um, spoons who have been played in a musical setting? Oh, Georgia, if you could introduce me to a spoon that has been played on stage, I would mm-hmm. be in heaven. It's my, it's mm-hmm. my dream. It's my, it's my Moby Dick. You wow. know, a spoon that has been played like has a spoon that has drummed the knee of someone famous and yeah. rhythmically adept. I mean, what a combination. Right. Well, let's see if we can add another sort of <laughs> intellect into the mix to add to that tertiary level that we were hoping for. It's a big hello to year five student council representative, Polly Hanrahan. Hello. Hello. Oh, did I get your title right? I don't want to get it wrong. You did, yes. Yeah, year okay. 5 Blue SRC member. Um, I just wanted to start by saying on behalf of Year 5 Blue and the student body of Inglewood Public, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be on this um, iPod broadcast and very excited to answer quizzes. I love quizzes. I guess you actually do quite a lot of quizzes, Polly, at school. Lots. So yep. Friday would be spelling, Monday is a maths quiz, and then the rest of the week is anyone's guess. <laughs> <laughs> so SRC, they can often have a um, a middling impact on school decisions. What have you been able to bring? Have you been able to you know, reach beyond ideas such as Coke in the water bubblers? Um, and um, have you been able to influence think- change at, at your school? Absolutely. I can tell already from your question that you were not a a student at Inglewood Public. We have a very um, important political discourse raging through our public school and all students are very politically motivated to make change. Um, I am very excited to be on the SRC and Coke in the Bubblers, frankly, is a very patronising thing to say. Um, We've moved well beyond that. Uh, In my first term as an SRC council member, um, I was instrumental in getting bubble bills in the canteen and turning Friday into pie day. Previously, mm. it was Wednesday, which is a missed opportunity for a rhyme. <laughs> Absolutely. You excited, Georgia, about your brains trust today? I'm really excited about these brains. I think we've got a whole lot mm. of knowledge between us, certainly those two. Let's dive into the quiz here, see how we go. Question number one, the United States Declaration of Independence was ratified on July 4th in what year? I've got multiple choice here for you. One in four chance of getting this right, Georgia. 1766, 1770, 1776, or 1780? Mm. They're all quite close, aren't they? They are all quite close, so within spitting distance of each other. Polly, have you studied American history in uh, class yet, in year five? I feel like this question was designed for me. Um, Although my short-term goal is one which I have achieved, which is to be 
on the student rep council, probably my biggest dream in life is to be the first female president of the United States with a midterm goal of changing the eligibility criteria for Australians in terms of the presidency of the United States. Mm. So I'm really yeah. passionate about independence and American politics. So at the moment, I'm you wouldn't be famously, this. you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be legal for you to be president, would it? Well, I'm 11, and but that's yeah. just the start. <laughs> that is the start. Yes. But yeah. I mean, like citizenship wise, are you, are you American? No, not no. yet. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Does it, do you have to be born in America to become president? I was president? just about to ask the same thing. How funny. I psych, perhaps you're part cutlery, Kyron. Yeah. Because I, I was going to ask the same question mm. just as you asked it. You may have some kind of spoon in your ancestry. Maybe. It could have, it could, it's also sort of the next question you would ask though, isn't it? Sort of in a chain of questions about that. It's sort of it would it would naturally be next. Mm, I'm I'm hearing a teaspoon say that you can be quite hostile sometimes, and mm. that this is not out of the ordinary. Mm. Mm. I think your chances of becoming president, Polly, may be may be negatively impacted by the fact that if you're not born in America, you're not allowed to be president. Well, they hadn't been a Year Five Blue member on the SRC in two years, so <laughs> when it comes to the odds, I defy them. Yeah, miracles exactly right. do happen. Yeah, yeah. How good's America? <laughs> Uh, Meredith Music Festival. Um, mm-hmm. Have you have you come across any American cutlery in your time? And is, I have. is are there I differences? Have. What are the international differences between between forks and um, spoons? Well, of course they're held in opposite hands. So if you get an American fork in Australia, for example, they can often panic. Uh, because suddenly they're being grasped with the wrong grip from the wrong hand and it just feels intrinsically wrong. Uh, And also there's a lot of judgment about the way Americans often eat with one hand, the fork in the right hand, which is coarse, of course, made for the knife. I mean, it's just, it fits it like a knife. And so um, often there's, if you travel in America, which I wouldn't advise, right now um if you travel in america you can often feel uh sort of uncertain and uneasy when you're eating and you think is it the size of the food should i really be eating a plate that is larger than my own torso but really what it is is it's just that your cutlery is going what the fuck is happening why am i in the wrong hands okay so no closer georgia unfortunately to what year the united states declaration of independence was signed sorry to interrupt I'm just yes. thinking if, um, have we all listened to Hamilton? Perhaps the answer's in Hamilton. It was my school mm. production this year, although we really? did have to do um, quite a cut down abridged version. Uh, um, mm. So I actually okay. do know the answer because of that. Yeah. What? Um, so, for example, for Inglewood Public here in Australia, what scenes did you have to cut out? Um, instead of doing it about Alexander Hamilton, um, Alexander oh. Hamilton, it was... Inglewood Primary, so we did a whole parody version ah. set in our public school, which yep. brought the house down. Did you change the year that it was founded as well to like the year that Inglewood Primary was founded? Yes, which caused a lot of confusion because um, we were founded in 1976, which right. is 200 years after American independence, I'm pretty sure. So that's quite a serious jump, but I remember that. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. I think... Georgia, it's 1776, I'm pretty sure. Wow. And what are the chances that exactly 200 years later the Inglewood Primary School Centre would be coming mm. into existence? It's quite well, special. Well, maybe would probably know with your psychic ability. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think I it's don't... universally deigned. Mm. I think so. Mm. I mean, right. I've heard from, I've heard, um, I've done extensive travelling and I have heard from several bayonets 
in uh, museums in America that a lot of the cutlery felt uh, they were just waiting for a primary school to start with with burgeoning yeah. new ideals and a new democracy mm. and they uh, predicted predicted the founding of the SRC but uh, they were hoping it would be <gasps> silver rated cutlery oh. rather than whatever you've called it student wow. representative council what an interesting reading of bayonet as well <laughs> that it's it's a piece of cutlery um wow. and that they're all actually just heading off for dinner <laughs> Well, I mean, when you're out in the field, when you're killing your fellow countrymen, mm. sometimes you get peckish and you don't have time to go home and find an orange with toothpicks and little cocktail onions and pieces of pineapple and fruit on it and yeah. little squabs of ham. You, you haven't got time to make one. So if you just stick um, an apple, a peach, a pear, and maybe um, some sort of salami product on your bayonet, yeah. then you, you can eat on the run. <laughs> and you know, you know when you're ready to fight again because your bayonet's empty. Tip there for the ADF. It all bodes well for your goals, though, Holly. Is it Holly? Sorry. It's I think it's Polly. 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 I'm so sorry, Polly. Um, okay, so, well, I'd like to lock in 1776 then, please, Karen. 1776. All right, question number two. What oranges are most commonly used in marmalade? I do feel like this is um, probably... For you, Meredith Music Festival. What oranges are commonly used in marmalade? I imagine, yeah, well, I imagine that the the spoons and knives um, mm, who so mm. frequently come into contact uh, with marmalade <laughs> at about 7, Sorry, 8 a.m. You must excuse me. I've got, um, I've got a cake fork in the room and uh, Oliver keeps making uh, little sassy remarks. And so what was your answer to that? Which oranges go into the... The ripe ones, <laughs> Oliver. Oliver, the cake size. But I think it's uh, navel oranges, although they are normally the ones that go to sea. <laughs> right. Paddington Bear ate a lot of it, and he was often sailing. People don't yeah. know that about him. Yeah, right. Okay. Is the canteen at, at school serving up a daily breakfast? We have orange flavouring in several of the products at the canteen, but yeah. fresh fruit is um, in limited supply. Right. There was an incident on year four camp where um, Emily uh, <laughs> ate some marmalade. She thought it was jam, but it was marmalade. And she's quite severely allergic to citrus. So now most citrus fruits are banned from our canteen. So we've just got flavouring. So I am I'm not qualified to answer this question. No offer there from... Polly, I'm afraid, Georgia, but we do have a ripe from Oliver the Cake Slice yeah. or navel uh, as as the two options there for you. Or indeed, of course, you could go your own way. I think I'm, I'd like to go navel, I think, please, Kyron. Not as a metaphor there, just um, you'd like to lock in <laughs> navel. I'd like to go navel, yeah. Question number three, name the Irish author of the novel Normal People. Are you a big reader, Georgia? Do you find time to read books? <laughs> I read books and I actually know this answer because I liked that book a lot and the TV show. Oh. Um, so I believe it's Sally Rooney, unless anyone has any other thoughts. Well, um, I wonder, is it is it too, is year five too early for normal people? Inglewood Public doesn't believe in censoring the students and we are fed oh. on a healthy diet of normal people, Tarantino, <laughs> Titus Andronicus, anything to prepare us for the 21st century, which is a you know, by all accounts, a brutal place. Yeah. So, yes, I've seen it. I have not seen or read it. Um, the, last, the last book that I read was a, um, was a reinterpretation of The Dish Ran Away with the Spoon, mm -hmm. um, which was quite, uh, was quite gripping. 
Um, there was there was a police involvement. There was some imprisonment. You don't see a lot of. I mean, there are a lot of gritty remakes these days of what were originally quite fun, light um, things. You know, early comics coming back with sort of a gritty realism to them. Ooh. I haven't haven't yet seen that for any of the cutlery based publications. No. I have to say that I have over the years pitched an idea for a, a soap opera called Days of Our Knives, but they just wouldn't, they wouldn't give me any interest mm. for it. So still yes. working on that. Like sands yeah. through a fork. Yeah. These are the days of our knives. Right. Mm. <laughs> the magic pudding seems to me like, a, like an opportunity for some cutlery-based modern gritty remake you know we haven't seen the magic pudding yet I, I believe there is an adult version of it but it's not suitable to discuss in front of student representatives well it sounds like um police uh, you know um learning all about a lot of adult things so mm. she's very mature um sure am motherfucker thank you yeah. okay <laughs> question number four yes, so that- <laughs> which city in new zealand is home to the university of otago otago of otago Otago sounds like a wonderful spice, doesn't it? <laughs> I know what could spice this porridge up, just a sprinkle of Otago. Rubago, Quilago, Montego. You're very confused here, Kyron, mm. but that's okay. Sorry, no, I, I've not uh, come across the University of Otago before. Have you been to New Zealand, Polly? I haven't been, but I do hope to study at the University of Otago one day. It has a very renowned medical school. Okay. And do you know where it is? Um, I do. Even though I haven't been <laughs> there, I am in possession of a map. Okay. Um, a book oh. of atlases and maps, and it's in New Zealand, and specifically it's in Dunedin, which Dunedin. is wow. Scottish for Little Edinburgh. So there was a gold rush where many Scottish people went down to the south part of the South Island. I did a project on it in year four. Uh-huh. I also gave a three-hour speech, which I got extra credit for because we were only supposed to talk for three minutes. If you would like, I can do it at the end of this podcast recording. No, thank you. Um, so that seems like uh, fairly certain information there, though. If you, I would, I would agree with that. I've talked to a number of souvenir spoons from the South Island of New Zealand, and they did mention Otago University is being situated in Dunedin, as you would call it. <laughs> Can I ask, do souvenir spoons like to be used or do they prefer to be displayed? It depends on whether you have a stuck-on decal on a spoon, whereas if all of the spoon is the souvenir bit, so if you have a metal windmill on the end, they don't Mm. mind being used, but there is um, nothing more heartbreaking than a souvenir spoon losing its identity by having the little coloured blob that says Dunedin Albatross Colony fall off it in the dishwasher. Yeah. Absolutely. I have another spoon-related question if we just have time, Kyron. Yeah. Um, at the canteen at my school, we're only permitted to use plastic cutlery and we do indeed have <laughs> sporks. Is that something that you're able to read, Meredith? All you can hear from a single-use piece of cutlery is a tortured scream. That's all you can hear. They, why bring something to life to have a single use and then cast it aside, especially when they're packed in those suffocating tiny, tiny packets with a serviette, which is of no use to anyone. It's so thin, it's more of a thought than a piece of paper. I might have to get you into our next SRC meeting because I've been saying the same thing on sustainability grounds for a while now. I would be delighted to. I would only charge a quarter of my normal fee. 
Thanks. Wow. What is the normal fee for a cutlery psychic? $12,000 an hour. Twelve, an hour? Oh. Good because Lord. what I find is if you are prepared to believe <laughs> yeah. in uh, someone being able to speak psychically to cutlery, you are prepared to believe that that is a reasonable price. Yeah. God, that is that is a lot an hour though. I think the last person I spoke to who charged that sort of money per hour was an extra special extra who specialised in dying sequences called Jocasta Noonan, who had a very oh, I... similar, incredibly high rate. <laughs> I've spoken to her about some of her spoons. She's you have. becoming quite um yes, she was hoping to breed from them, but I did have to explain to her that that's not how cutlery reproduces. Yeah, wow. Twelve thousand okay. dollars an hour. Is that within mm. the budget of the SRC, Polly? It's only three thousand dollars because I said a quarter of my A quarter, of course. So just very generous. Just three thousand dollars an hour for yeah. the cutlery. Side. I can sell quite a few boxes of caramello koalas in front <laughs> yes. of frogs though. So if we have a bit of run up time, I feel confident we can raise those funds. That could really yeah. work. All right, I'll wow. put down I'll put down to Needon. Question number five. English television personality Joe Frost is also well known by what nickname? You spent some time in the UK, Georgia. Frosty. Frosto. Are you friends with the Frostmeister? Frost. The Frostington? I have spent time in the UK. I've not come across Joe. Jack? Joe? Joe. Jack. Joe Frost. Oh, yes, that's a firm bad. no. Joe Frost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, TV personality. TV yeah, personality. All right. After school television, Polly, was a was a feature of my schooling. I used to come home and, and turn it on pretty much straight away at 3.30, grab the cartoons, you know, maybe a little bit of Huey's Cooking Adventures. Do you turn on the TV when you get home? As- no. My ideal weekday afternoon would be something like reading Machiavelli's The Prince or something like that. But that's great that you love TV and I'm very happy for you. Um <laughs> The only thing that I can think of as the lyrics to Frosty the Snowman or the oeuvre, of course, of Robert Frost the Poet, another pastime I love to read poetry, but I'm not familiar with Joe Frost, so I'll have to pass. Perhaps we could um, tune in to Joe Frost's cutlery and see if we well, could um, get some information it, there, Meredith. It's funny funny you should say that, Kyron, yeah. because that's exactly what I've been doing. Um, I... Uh, one of my spirit guides is Marie Antoinette's cake fork. <laughs> and so um, I've been talking to Jean-Marie and Jean-Marie also happens to know Joe Frost's cucumber slice. <laughs> really? Wow. wow. And, what, what is a cucumber slice? I've not even come, I've not come across that before. Like, it's like a, um, it's like a human razor. Yeah. Okay. Larger with a deeper blade and uh, to be honest, it's really only used in choreographed fight scenes amongst certain societies. Um, uh. I don't want to say Freemasons. Uh, so obviously uh, she she was given the cucumber slices. A congratulations for getting the job. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it turns out that her nickname, according to the cucumber slice, certainly around the house, is Titsy McGee. Titsy McGee. Wow. Wow. Well, that is interesting. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to be Titsy McGee. <laughs> I don't know about you, Georgia. That well, threw me. Neither was I. Jean-Marie was quite shocked as well as he related. He was sacre bleu. It's Titsy McGee. Yeah. Titsy McGee. Well, I'm happy to lock that in. You want to, oh, yeah, okay. Let's put down Titsy a McGee. A more reputable source than a cucumber mm. knife. I want to talk more about Marie Antoinette's cake fork because... Mm. To have lived an existence so close 
to one of the most famous quotes of all history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that cake fork, Jean Marie, Jean Marie, mm-hmm. um, could confirm or deny whether indeed Marie Antoinette said, "Let them eat cake." This is what happened because we did discuss this. It's one of those questions that tends to follow well, on. Well, it would for. be the first one. So yeah. what happened was she was having lessons in speaking English, uh-huh. and for some reason her tutor who was written by Jane Austen, decided that the phrase that she should learn in English was, let them eat cake. Uh And the actual uproar was that when her advisor came to her and said, the people are starving, in French, obviously, so it probably sounded a bit more like, the people are starving, when they came and Mm -hmm. said that to her, that she answered in English and they didn't know what she said and they executed her. And all she was saying was, let them eat cake, which was a generous offer to Mm. allow Jean-Marie to have a holiday in England with the English tutor. Yeah. Don't see that written down in many history books. You don't. No, it's gone the same way as the bayonet knife, um, (laughs) unfortunately. So lucky to have you to correct history for us. Oh, it's it's a burden, but I'm, you know, I'm just glad to help. Has that come up in history class yet, Polly? No, not yet, but I look forward to it. We get to start French in year seven, so I'm sure it will be covered in term one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's your favourite subject at school, Polly? Oh, that is a tough question. Oh, my goodness. My heart is racing. Um, (laughs) I would probably say social studies at the moment because I'm very passionate about implementing change in our community. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. You've got real leadership qualities. Thank you. Yeah. Question number six. Who painted the Golden Fleece and Shearing the Rams? The Golden Fleece and Shearing the Rams. Who painted them? Who painted them? Mm. Yeah, Georgia, are you a you a, a fan of I assume Australian art? The Golden Fleece and Shearing the Rams sounds pretty Aussie. It does, and it sounds familiar, and it's the sort of thing that maybe I should know, but um I don't. I don't. I think, is it one of those beautiful paintings of the shearers or is that the painting it could be just called the shearers that I'm thinking of? Oh, not sure. Um, could be no. could be the shearers, could be shearing the rams. This is the kind of knowledge, though, that you'd pick up during primary school, isn't it? It's that sort of I think so. Australian history knowledge that just because time has passed, yep. we've, we've forgotten. But when you've done it just yesterday, just last week, you know, mm. it, it should be front of mind. So let's go to Year 5 student Polly Hanrahan. Who painted the Golden Fleece and Shearing the Rams? Well, this is, I mean, amazing. It's like this quiz was designed for me because just oh as I gosh. knew the answer to the first question about American independence because of our parody of Alexander Hamilton, that musical, mm-hmm. um, actually last year we did a reinterpretation of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat as a production, but it was Joseph and the Golden Fleece. <laughs> so it was like an Australian <laughs> version, wow. which was really fun. <laughs> how, um, how convenient yes. for us. Yeah. Um, and it would be good if I could remember who painted it, but I just remember the show-stopping tunes. I'm so sorry. It's escaped my mind. What were some of the adaptions from um, Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat? You know, what, what were some of the songs that were changed? Close Every Door to Me was like, close the door door of the wool shed to be that was a really good one the lyrics just seamless yeah very clever meredith music festival perhaps if were there any um any forks or knives featured in paint a painter's spatula i can also communicate 
the, there are objects around the fringes of what can be used as cutlery, obviously, as we've discussed, the cake bayonets, etc. Mm. Um, and an artist's palette knife. Um, mm-hmm. I can talk it quite quite heavily accented, obviously, when we communicate, but I can communicate with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I can tell you about the share the the sharing the rams and the Jason and the Golden Fleece or just the Golden Fleece? What with the golden painting? Fleece. I think the original was golden called fleece. the Golden Fleece. I think it was an Inglewood Public Primary School production that was Jason and the Golden Fleece. Jason and the Golden Fleece is a wonderful old myth. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, but what I was saying before I distracted myself by giving out other information was that those paintings were actually done by his wife. Oh, really? He, was, he would go in and drink the turpentine that he used to wash his brushes in, fall asleep, crouched over the easel like a, like, uh. like a man asleep over an easel. And his wife would come in and obviously they had eight children yeah. and she was very worried about how they would be able to look after all of the kids and they needed the income. Yeah. So she would take his unconscious hands and strap them to her own hands using strips of rag that she'd torn from the bottom of her own dress. And then using him like some kind of artistic marionette, she would paint the pictures herself. Wow. And how disappointing, I mean, it happened so much back then, didn't it, that the husband would steal the work mm-hmm. of so, his so wife. Common. What was the name of his wife? Titsy McGee. Titsy McGee. <laughs> yeah. Titsy that McGee. Is so amazing that you would have the same answer twice in a quiz yeah. of only 10 questions. It is. It's quite remarkable, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very special. Question seven. How many pairs of ribs are in a human body? Sort of, they've made it sound like a, like a dinner, haven't they? How many pairs of ribs are in the human body? Have you ever broken a rib or a bone, Polly, in, in, in the playground? I fell off the monkey bars in year one and broke my left arm, which, don't worry, is not my writing arm. Close. I was once winged by a mustard ladle. <gasps> it didn't quite break a rib, but it was very, very close. I've not counted my ribs oh. before. I guess I could sort of try that now. You can you can sort of feel separate ribs. Can we ribs. count? Oh, yeah, it's a bit squishier than it was yeah. prior to March. <laughs> Hard to say, really. I feel like I've heard of people breaking at 10. Yeah. So do you think, should we give it a buffer and say that there are, there are six pairs? Does that seem like enough? Have a pump. Oh, that's nearly one for every day of the week, isn't it? And by the time you get to the end, you can wash the first one, so you're covered. <laughs> what if you've eaten ribs for dinner? You're full of ribs in addition to having your own ribs. Yeah, do what they if you're count? born with an extra rib? There are stipulations that have not been made in the quiz. What if you've had them removed for whatever oh, purpose? Goodness, that's a really good point. Should we go with around seven? Around seven pairs. Seven pairs. Yeah. I mean around seven. I don't mean around. Oh, right. Around about. I mean a Around seven. Oh, around, around seven. seven. I followed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll put around seven. Uh, yeah. Question number eight. What is Australia's current official cash rate, as determined by the Reserve Bank? Mm. I don't. I don't think I even understand this question. Is it? Is it a kilometres per hour scenario, <laughs> or is it a rate of changing it? Rate of money is it how often it's printed i think it's how much um interest you're meant to pay back on the money that you borrowed to buy a house oh I now I understand. and i'm just not interested in paying money back that's why i didn't understand the question aha uh-huh. no. that's that brings us back to twelve thousand dollars an hour 
Why you're so very rich? I think I think the reason that the the, the quiz writer may have may have put this one down is that it's it's remarkable. It's mm. in a remarkable position, you know. I guess <laughs> this would be quite a dull question if it was in just a regular a regular mm. spot, wouldn't? I it? mean, I'd say it's quite a dull question, anyway, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> I'm gonna say around seven. <laughs> <laughs> Titsy McGee. <laughs> Tuppence. Tuppence, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Tuppence is Australia's current official cash rate and a bag. <laughs> yeah. You know? Could be. Could be. Question number nine. What was the last musical to win the Best Picture Oscar? What was the last musical to win the Best Picture Oscar? Now, I, I, I believe they have to have actually won. I don't think they could have won for just a second or two. Um, I think it has to be a standing win that lasts longer than La La Land. Good point. I feel like this would be, this is your area, Polly. I do love musicals. Yes. Um, yes, it's true. I have mentioned it one or two times. Um, <laughs> Could it be that Jason and the Golden Fleece won the musical, won the Best Picture Oscar for as a musical? <laughs> You're patronising me again, I will remind you. It was a public school production and therefore not eligible for the Academy Awards. So I'll thank you to check your facts next time, okay. Um I do know that Beauty and the Beast was at least nominated and won. Uh, I think maybe won, but it was at least nominated. That was in the early or mid-90s. Mm. I do know that Chicago, which was the early noughties, which we also did a great parody of, we just called it Inglewood, um, uh, was nominated for Best Picture, but I don't know if, if it won. What did you play in Inglewood? I played Billy Flynn, the lawyer. Was it still about murder and adultery or were, or were yes. there different? Okay, yeah. Yes. In, in the primary school. Were you involved in the, in the, in the jailhouse, what's that scene called? Lipshits. Cell block tango. The cell block yes. tango. Yes, it was described as visually affronting to all parents. <laughs> okay. Wow, can you imagine? I'm still wondering what the ur- – was it an urban myth, Jason and the Golden Fleece? You mentioned, Meredith. Did you say that that was a long I – didn't, I didn't say it was an urban myth. I, it was a Greek oh, myth. Was- Jason had uh, some argonauts, um, confusingly close to the word astronaut, but very much prior to space travel. Mm. So Jason had to get the golden fleece from somewhere with his Argonauts. I think there was a little bit of being lashed to a mast to avoid the sirens, although that may have been Ulysses. So I've been hanging around with a lot of older cutlery recently and they do like to talk about their past. What was the question, Georgia? (laughs) I can help out there. What was the last musical to win the best picture Oscar? Um, Beauty and the Beast, of course, is one of my favourites because it does feature talking kitchenware. And what a lot of people don't realise is it was actually real uh, cutlery and crockery voicing the cartoon. But was they it? had to. I thought um, it was Angela Lansbury. And um... not many people know that Angela Lansbury is descended from a teapot. Oh, that's <laughs> well, obviously. That's descended from a spoon cone. She, she yeah. lives in a kiln. Wow. Tell me why she's fired. Why has such a successful career because she's firing all the time. If you can't handle the heat, get into the kiln, as they say. That's, That's exactly what they, they say. I always remembered that. Obviously, are there many? I'd like to know if there are many instances in real life of of human beings being uh, turning into into cutlery or into crockery, like. Is you know, what happened in Beauty and the Well, people, people, there are not a lot of people who are out about it because obviously interspecial relationships are often frowned upon. Mm. Um, often, yeah. 
and cuddliesty is not um it's not really it's not really accepted that's what i'm trying to say um there are a few you know obviously a few sorry i just i don't mean to move i don't mean to stop (laughs) cuddliesty yes Um, excuse me. It's um, relationships between people and cutlery. Cutlery yeah. Um Well, there's a lot you can do with this, with the rounded end of a knife. And I let's suppose. talk about that now. Have you performed any cutlerystics? <laughs> well, that's not. I mean, Oliver and I book into our hotel rooms as companions, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm willing to say. But I do eat a lot of cake. Now. Um, there are, of course, a few celebrities who are related to cutlery, have cutlery in their um, in their ancestry. Yep. Um, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks. His, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, his grandmother was was a chocolate muddler. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> wow. It's interesting. Wow. I did not know that. No, no. Just, everyone just thought she smelled delicious. They didn't know why, but it's yeah. proximity to all of the chocolate muddling that she was doing. And of course, um, Jennifer Lawrence mm. is half half grape. She is. Wow. Well, that's obvious, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's why she always wears those long dresses, so you can't tell mm. that she's actually got very sharp feet. Mm. Oh, no toes to speak of, but just sharp pointed ends. Yeah. Um, Often, if she if she doesn't uh, take care, uh, she can actually cut off the legs of the chair in front of her when she's sitting down oh, at the Oscars. Oh, she's mm. often and falling over. Ooh, so well, well, you know, yeah. she doesn't have knees. <laughs> Interesting how we celebrate her and demonise Edward Scissorhands because scissors are not cutlery, though, if you think well, about so, it. I think the objection was there that... Um, it was played by Johnny Depp and not by by someone who really did have scissor hands. It was oh. uh, yeah. half a scissors. Yes. Cut, cutler or appreciation. Yes. Appropriation. Yeah. Anyway, Karen, I'd like to lock in Chicago. Okay, Chicago it is. <laughs> Question number 10. What is the English transliteration of the number three in Mandarin and Japanese? Yeah, and this is one of those questions that I don't quite understand. Is it is it like the cash flow again? Is it or is it related to the marmalade? Because now we're talking about mandarins. Is Tits McGee bilingual? Um <laughs> Titsy. Titsy, sorry. I've got a definition uh, of transliteration here for us because I feel excellent. like that might be required. It's the process of transferring a word from the alphabet of one language to another. So it can help people pronounce words and names in foreign languages. Okay, and now if you could just read the question one last time. (laughs) What is the English transliteration of the number Uh three? So how do we pronounce three in Mandarin and Japanese? I think this, it would be handy uh, to know the languages of either Mandarin or Japanese uh, to answer this question. Polly, do you know how to count to ten in any, in Japanese? We're actually not allowed to count to 10 in any oh. language at Inglewood Public. Wow. Oh. What, what, what is the reason for this ban? Normally they ban things like Tamagotchis or um, Pokemon cards, but you're banned from counting to 10. I don't know what they are, Grandad. I'm only 11 and both those toys have no <laughs> meaning to me. Um, no, we strive for excellence at Inglewood Public and uh-huh. counting to 10 or learning the alphabet 
that's for babies and other public schools that are not as prestigious at Inglewood. So unfortunately, if the question was about Roman numerals or Greek mythology, then I would be better placed to answer. But unfortunately, I just don't know. Do you start from 11? We do. Okay, yeah. I just just missed out there. I'd like to take issue with the fact you said you knew about Greek mythology because you didn't pick up the bit about Jason and the Golden Fleece at all. No Argonaut mentions nothing. Um, Argonauts, uh, well, (laughs) Argonauts, we used our first 11 cricket team in our um, uh, parody musical of that last year. But I I do understand and I I would like to apologise formally. I've let myself down. I've let my school down. And most of all, I've let the podcast down. Yeah, yes. I'd just like to ask, how do you number your first 11? Well, just 11 through 11. Number 11, number 11. That's it. Number 11, 11. Is there, is there like a, a, an, another, like, do you go uh, number 11 brown hair, number 11 red hair, number yeah. 11 prematurely bald, which is a shame and leads to bullying, uh, number 11 giant feet. Is that the, do you have I mean, anything to help? I really do feel that we've gotten off topic and that it is my fault. Um, because it seems like just, 11A, 11B, 11C would be a good system too, but you also said you don't, don't do, do alphabets. We don't do the alphabet. Yeah, mm. okay. That so, makes life so tough. Could be animals or the zodiac, the zodiacs. Um, yeah. The zodiacs. Shapes. Shapes we love. Most of us just have a microchip <laughs> implanted in year two with a lot of relevant wow. information. We're very scientifically advanced in Inglewood. What was the question? Oh, was that one that didn't make sense? The transliteration. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm I'm scanning the airwaves for any um, for any help from any Japanese or Chinese cutlery, but um, that should be of assistance. Well, they're all asleep. It's night time mm. over there. No errant chopstick has any advice. Oh, there's only the one that got into that terrible thing with Dustin Martin, and frankly, they <laughs> haven't gotten over it yet. So they're not, you know, they're, they're trying to move on with their lives. I think it's up to you, Georgia. It seems all up to you. What is the English transliteration of the number three in Mandarin and Japanese? Which basically, with the information that we have, Georgia, means that I'm just asking you to okay. <laughs> make up a Mandarin or Japanese word. I'm going to say bullion spoon. Bullion spoon. Oh, bullion spoon. Mm. I've had some happy holidays with the bullion spoon family. Oh, I bet you have. Well, I had quite a reputation. I was a ladle snatcher. That was my nickname for quite uh, a while. As a as someone who, I don't know what the term, practices cutliesti, uh, you might be able to help me with this question. Do spoons prefer to be the little spoon or the big spoon? Mm. They just like to have um, equal opportunities. That's all they want. Sometimes they want to be spooned. Sometimes they want to do the spooning. They're very firm on uh, if you're serving a salad, please make sure that the spoons match. Mm. There's nothing more humiliating than being a tiny spoon and being uh, paired up with something that would hold a bucket of water. I can't imagine. I imagine being spooned by a spoon would be quite nice. Well, it's nicer when there are two because then you have one, you have one mm. curved surface for each buttock. <laughs> and depending on which way they're facing, you can put your hands over your shoulders and kind of grip the ends and then play yourself. Um, wow. wow. Well, how do we feel we did, Georgia? That's 10 questions. Are you We've feeling done confident? Yeah. I feel uh, alarmingly confident. I feel, I feel we've got at, at least nine. I think, yeah. I, think, I think we might have got the full. The, the full, full 10. Yeah. 
Well, that's the trademark optimism that seems to occur <laughs> at, at around this point in Wax Quizzical. Meredith Music Festival, do you share that optimism? Um, I, I'm quite confident, but then I'm, I am getting a little bit of sledging from an oyster oh. fork at your house, Kyron. So maybe, Sorry, I thought I'd shut maybe that not. Very elitist, very snobby. Okay, mm. and uh, Polly, you've got experience with um, marking exams, getting handed back down on the desk. Are you mm-hmm. expecting an A+. Plus? I feel very confident. I've never received anything less than an A+. Plus, and frankly, I think it would plunge me into an existential crisis if we got less than 10. So it hasn't happened yet, and I don't think it'll happen today. Okay, looking forward to the end of this podcast. Question number one. Was the United States Declaration of Independence was ratified on... July 4th of what year? You said 1776, and the answer was 1776. Oh, yes. It's one point immediately. Question number two was what oranges are most commonly used in marmalade? You said navel, but the answer was Seville or Seville. Well, yes, I don't have any faith in your pronunciation after the whole Otago debacle. (laughs) Yes, I think the problem is with Kyron, and we couldn't have got it wrong. (laughs) So let's strike that one, and I'm sure we've got the rest correct. So 100% so far. Fortunately not. Question three. Name the Irish author of the novel Normal People. You said Sally Rooney and the answer was Sally Rooney. 100%. Come on. Uh, Which city in New Zealand is home to the University of Otago? You got the pronunciation of that correct, uh, but no points for that. But the answer was Dunedin and you said Dunedin. Wow. Wow, that's pretty good. Question number five. English television personality Joe Frost is also well known by what nickname? You said Titsy McGee and the answer was Super Nanny. Oh, same, same thing. Question number six. Who painted the golden fleece and shearing the rams? You said Titsy McGee, and the answer was Tom Roberts. Oh. Well, I got the initial right at the start of the first word. Yes. I think there's a typo. I think it was Titsy <laughs> McGee. So close. How many pairs of ribs are in a human body? You said around seven, and the answer is 12. It's <laughs> a shame. Question number eight. What is Australia's current official cash rate as determined by the Reserve Bank? You said tuppence. The answer was 0.25%. If you say that quickly, if you say it quickly, it sounds like tuppence. (laughs) It does. Put to 5% tuppence. Question number nine. What was the last musical to win the Best Picture Oscar? You said Chicago. The answer was Chicago. Doesn't even matter anymore. And question 10. What is, is the English transliteration of the number three in Mandarin and Japanese? You said the bullion spoon. The answer was... Was San or San? I can't be sure. So that's four out of ten. Second worst. Wow, that's amazing. That is almost a pass. I've just received an email saying that I've been terminated from the SRC and I'm not welcome at the next meeting. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Holly, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the top drawer and I want you to get out the biggest measuring cup you can find and then the second biggest measuring cup you can find because you don't often find ones of the same size. And then I want you to put your hands in those and then just gently beat yourself on the face (laughs) and it will... Will make you feel so much better. Thanks, Meredith. Yeah, make you feel something, that's for sure. Don't feel too poorly, though, Polly. It's quite a difficult quiz. And some of these questions you were fucking miles off. So, you know, it's it wasn't even like you had a chance. So don't don't feel too bad about that. Alexander Hamilton had setbacks and then um now he's got a musical. 
Yeah. He didn't even write it. He just died and then they wrote it. Isn't it nice to know that if the same thing happens to you, someone will write a musical called Polly Wally Hanrahan. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You really cheered me up. Yeah, I didn't realise your middle name was Wally, but um, there we are. It's just one of my middle names. Yes. Molly and Holly are also in there. Polly, Molly, Holly, Wally Hanrahan. <laughs> wow. Lovely. I'm surprised that didn't come up earlier. I mean, I'm just glad that people don't have to write checks anymore because imagine trying to fit that signature onto one piece of paper. Well, actually, Mm. on exam papers, you do have to put your name in in the little boxes at the top of every page. And by the time Polly Holly writes her name, it's time to put your pens down again. (laughs) I'm surprised you've done as well as you have, to be honest. Polly Hanrahan, do you have improv classes at school? Yes, and... They're held at Improv Theatre Sydney. Are they? <laughs> they, ta- they hold classes there, do they? They do. They do, and they're excellent. I've heard the alumni are fantastic down there. They are. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Did Bridie Connell go there? Yeah, Bridie Connell is, is, is one of my favourite teachers down at ITS. And actually yeah. not just in teaching, also in improv. Oh, well, <laughs> she does teach there. I would say she's probably my favourite teacher that we've had as well. Mm. Her natural grace and charm are incomparable. <laughs> Yeah. Well, do you know she's so graceful naturally because her grandfather was a pizza cutter? <gasps> the most wow. graceful. Of that is not, great intel. I did not know that. Wow. Uh, Meredith Music Festival, thank you so much for sparing some of your time and at such a cheap rate as well. Um, well that was very we'll kind receive of my you. invoice. Yeah. <laughs> Bankrupt the podcast. <laughs> I was not aware we were being paid and I feel that you're exploiting the fact that I am a child. Um, have you worked, uh, Meredith, with any uh, comedians in uh, in their cutlery jaws? I have, I have actually. What I've discovered is that universally most comedians eat with their hands. <laughs> it's not a lot of cutlery. Dave Hughes doesn't own a single item of silverware. He comes in, they cut a hole in a plastic tarpaulin, he puts his head through, and then he just rolls around in whatever his wife has cooked. Wow. I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't give away some of my clients' secrets, but no, that's really stayed with me. Have you worked with Cal Wilson at all? <laughs> yes, she is a very dainty eater and has a lot, a lot of cutlery that you wouldn't expect. Quite a collection of sieves for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and she's written a couple of wonderful children's books. So we uh-huh. are going to collaborate on um, another one called Little Fat Cutlery Duck, but we haven't started writing this. <laughs> so yet. glad you said but cutlery. The one, the one that uh, she has got, if you want, if you have children that want to um, read, uh, George and the Great Bum Stampede and George and the Great Brain Swappery. And oh. if enough people buy those, she'll be allowed to write another one. Oh, and that's wow. when the Little Fat Cutlery Duck will come in. Well, Polly, perhaps you could pick that up. Is it, it what sort of ages is it? Is it pitched at? Is um, it's uh, sort of seven plus. Seven uh, plus. Th- that's you, Polly. Holly, I Wally, don't know. Molly. I think that's probably a number I'm not allowed to uh, count it's, to. It's 11A. Excellent. <laughs> Great. I'll add it to my reading list. Uh, Georgia Mooney, congratulations on four out of ten. Thank you. Uh, an almost as impressive achievement as putting together an album in lockdown. Thank you. Just Almost. as uh, tricky. People can hear you sometimes on the radios, on the double J's occasionally. They can um, follow your progress of the record on the uh, on the old uh, on, on tweets the and the fooses. Yeah. All our exes live in Texas are performing at a music festival. <laughs> uh, yes. That may happen in the future. It may happen. 
yes next easter so we'll <laughs> see how we go by then um that's about it we're starting a podcast called simply marvelous and what do we do on that podcast georgia we are watching all the Marvel movies in order and then talking nonsense about them because that's what obviously the world needs. Yeah. That's that's going to be special. And um, to be a host of this podcast that goes through each Marvel movie one by one, <laughs> do you have to have even seen the film in full? On occasion, I've not finished the film. No, yeah. By the time the recording <laughs> begins. But... Um, I think that just makes it a bit more edge of your seat, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's well worth a listen. Simply marvellous. Yeah. Um, with the wonderful Reese Nicholson. Also with Reese Nicholson. Okay, I'll bring that music back in now. Thank you very much for playing along on Wax Quizzical. We will see you uh, next week. Uh, goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.